Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to be with you today, and we're a day out from another big Indiana game on the road at the wrong Assembly Hall, as some of you may refer to it, over in Champaign, IU, and Illinois. I think it'll be a tough one on the road against a surging, somewhat Illinois team on Thursday, but if Indiana can play how they did at home on Saturday and blow away a top-20 team like Wisconsin, I think this team is capable of being in the game and capable of winning the game at Illinois, but definitely uh, not an easy task coming up for Indiana on Thursday night. We'll talk about that today. Some high school basketball last night, a little preview of the weekend. Some of the local teams in action. We'll recap how they did last night as well. We've got some great guests coming uh, in this hour as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. Already January 18th. We are headed to the back half of uh, January. I guess we're there. And uh, hard to believe that we'll be in February before you know it. Uh, the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, our headlines, our news of the day. We'll talk about some things that I thought were interesting that Mike Woodson had to say on his radio show Monday night. Also, uh, we heard from Miller Cop yesterday, a media opportunity, and Coach Woodson as well, so we'll discuss those things. Uh, IU basketball, women's basketball note to mention. I mentioned some high school stuff last night that we'll recap. And last night was a solid night of college basketball as well, and I'll mention that. Uh, here in segment number one. Later in the show, Wednesday's Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star joins. We will start to preview the game with Illinois and, of course, continue to talk all things IU basketball with Dustin. And then later today, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he stops by for his weekly chat on local sports. And, boy, there's a lot to get to. We've got some former college players, or I should say former high school players, uh, now in college that are doing some big things. We'll discuss that. We'll preview the weekend of high school basketball as well. A big uh, Silver Creek, New Albany game kind of highlights the local rivalries, the local matchups this weekend, but there are some other big ones to pay attention to as well. So stay with us for that. All in the lineup today brought to you by Honey Baked Tam. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line always open. Hopefully you've got the number memorized, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Whether it's IU or local sports or whatever you want, uh, that is your way to contribute. That is your way to be heard. That is your way to help direct the, the questions and conversation on this program. So get your text in to me now for this Wednesday program. 
And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards so you can earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And let's get into some headlines of the day first. Coach Woodson with his show, it was actually Tuesday last night uh, of this week, and he had some interesting things to say. They started off talking about the Penn State game, which was a very bad performance for Indiana. And then, of course, the Wisconsin game, which uh, a lot of talk about the defense, as we have mentioned and discussed on this program. Coach Woodson said, quote, defensively, we set the tone right off the bat. We've had our moments like that. I thought the difference leading into the game Our practices were pretty intense. We talked about really getting up and touching guys and making hard for guys to move, cut, and pass the basketball. Also, he was asking, this is a common question, and Mike Woodson, opportunities to hear from him nowadays. He was asked about the injuries with Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. He said, quote, we're missing both of those pieces, and you've got to keep playing. Injuries aren't an excuse, and he really had no update on any of the injury stuff. We do uh, continue to hear, and I think Xavier Johnson on a podcast yesterday, and I'm going to talk about this later in the show, uh, mentioned that he would be back sometime in February. So if he's uh, got accurate information, and you would think that he would, and it's not just being hopeful in his comments, knowing that he wants to get fans excited, uh, it does sound like there could be a return in the future here for Xavier. But Race Thompson, on the other hand, very much unsure Uh, what his future this season looks like. Also, I thought this was interesting. Last night, uh, Coach Woodson said that Trace Jackson Davis called a players-only meeting ahead of the game over Wisconsin. I think that's really interesting. We've seen Trace be extremely vocal. We've seen him get on players at times, uh, and it's clear that he's had some issues with things on this team. And uh, he definitely, I think, the leader in stat categories, but – also with this team just in general, calling a players-only meeting ahead of that big Wisconsin game over the weekend as well. So a lot of interesting things covered last night. Um, and uh, Jordan Geronimo, some good discussion about him. A lot of discussion last night on Coach Woodson so about Malik Renew as well and what his potential uh, and what his value could be like. So uh, always good stuff from Coach Woodson when he's with Don Fisher for his weekly show. Normally it's Monday nights here on the Big X, but because of the MLK holiday, a Tuesday night show uh, this week, and it was a good listen last night. Also, uh, Miller Cop was made available to the Indiana media yesterday in advance of the Thursday night game over in Champaign. He had some really good things to say. Uh, he was asked if there's anything he can do to get more open looks. He was asked about the number of shots, uh, what his role is on this team, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he really was all about the team. Uh, he's getting less shots and scoring less than maybe what he ever has in his college career, other than some breakout games. Yeah, occasionally he's red hot and, and he has a big game. But he, he seems to be fully bought in and all about uh, the the team. And I think that is hopeful, knowing that there have been some things with this IU team maybe that haven't always been in balance. But he was also asked about how long it, it took to adjust playing without Xavier and Race Thompson 
And he said that they're still in that adjustment period. He said, you know, just the common stuff, losing a guy, a shooter, and somebody that runs the offense and the system, the point guard, and, and race down low, obviously, uh, have a huge impact. And so very honest in his uh, answering, I thought, his questions yesterday um, to the media. So, But uh, definitely got a feel for Miller Cop in that little clip of him uh, answering questions from the media that he really – uh, is refocused on the team and uh, is excited about this group coming together. Also, some good news for IU women's basketball. We talked about the great season they are having and that Grace Berger is back on the uh, floor and healthy for this Indiana team and scoring a lot of points. But the Indiana women's team center is going to be renamed, and I hope I can say the name correctly, the Sandra uh, Eskenazi, I think is how you say it, Indiana Women's Basketball Team Center. It was announced Tuesday by the university. Uh, the renaming of the center, uh, which had some major renovations prior to the 22-23 season, is in recognition of a gift from her and that directly supported women's basketball through the Women's Excellence Initiative. So uh, IU women, as they continue their path up through the Big Ten Conference, and again, a number of years now where they've been very solid, great recruiting class. Uh, they've had some nice runs in the NCAA tournament. I think this year it's going to be very exciting when we get to March Madness, the women's version, to see what the IU women can do. But it's good to know that as they're on the court, success builds and becomes really a staple that there are a lot of improvements being made in their facilities and their funding and so forth to help Terry Morin and that group stay uh, maybe at the top of the Big Ten Conference. So a good note there for uh, IU women's basketball fans as well. I think the future is really bright with that program. I don't think there's any question about that. High school basketball last night, uh, a handful of Tuesday games. First off, I made an error. I said yesterday that I thought the Brownstown-Silver Creek game with the shattered backboard uh, from Joe, uh, from uh, Benner uh, had been um, rescheduled for last night. That was false. That was wrong. I, it was It's Monday night, so that Brownstown-Silver Creek game will take place after the Friday night Silver Creek and New Albany game on Monday, and that game will resume with two minutes and something left in the second period, and I think it's Brownstown ahead by two in that score. So the Dragons playing close and right there, on the tail of Brownstown, that's for sure, when that game rejoins. Also, last night, Providence, who's playing great basketball, they went down to Crawford County and Marengo and absolutely decked Crawford County. 70-29, the final score. Providence runs its record out to 9-3 and on the season. Very, very balanced scoring for the Pioneers. A number of players scored in the game uh, last night. But Quentin Hesse with 13 points, he led the way. Casey Kalen behind him with 11. Grant Siebold also had 11. Noah Lovin finished with 7. So very balanced scoring for this Providence team. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Providence, whether I see them in person or not, on their box score. I'm curious how the scoring looks, what the stats look like with Kalen and Lovin, and of course Seabold and then maybe Hesse as well. Uh, in the regular scoring column leading the way for the Pioneers. I think you get three or four weapons like that and uh, all working together in unison. It's going to make the Providence team that's already, I think, the best in the area even busy, or even better moving forward here the rest of the season and, of course, into the all-important tournament. Also last night, Jeffersonville got a real challenge from North Oldham. 
I had heard that North Oldham was good. Saw him a year ago, and uh, they really challenged Jeff in that game as well. But Dallas Roberts for North Oldham, he had 30 points to lead North Oldham uh, last night uh, in a big way as uh, North Oldham came to Johnson Arena and escaped with a 72-61 victory. North Oldham led 18-13 after the first period. North Oldham had a five-point lead at halftime. Jeff cut it to four at the end of the third period, and then North Oldham outscored Jeffersonville by six points in the final quarter to hold on for a big road win. It's a young Jeff team still learning their way, I think getting better each and every time out, but they ran into a good North Oldham team. North Oldham 16-5. and They've already played 21 games. Jeff now 7-6. and They've played 13 games. Amazing. Uh, how many more games they get in the state of Kentucky and North Oldham already out to 21 games on the season. They are having a really good year as well. Also last night, good night of college basketball. Didn't get to see the finish, but uh, the uh, uh, Kansas State-Kansas game was fantastic. The Wildcats defeated the second-ranked Jayhawks in overtime. Uh, Kansas State having a good year of its own. They're number 13 right now, but a big win in that series for Kansas State. And I didn't get to see the second half, but Kentucky and Georgia, uh, Georgia ahead, had a nice little lead at halftime. Kentucky, I understand, looked completely different in the second half. Maybe things are improving for Coach Cal and the Wildcats after a big road win at uh, Tennessee over the weekend and then a victory over Georgia at home. A second-half comeback last night for the Wildcats. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the uh, Indianapolis Star. We'll talk IU hoops. We'll tell you what Coach Woodson, more about what he had to say last night. And we'll get you ready for Indiana, Illinois, coming up on Thursday. Also still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll talk local sports today with Josh. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line is open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question on IU basketball or you want to sound off about something or your prediction for the upcoming game on Thursday night, you can text it in to us uh, on the Thornton's text line. And right now, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star joins as we talk uh, IU basketball and more here in this segment. Dustin, uh, interesting to hear Coach Woodson last night. His coach's show pushed back to Tuesday from Monday because of the MLK holiday, but he covered a lot of ground. I, I continue to be very interested on Xavier Johnson and when he's going to return. He's had some things to say on social media that make you think it's going to be sooner rather than later. Coach Woodson's still pretty coy on Tuesday night, but 
I saw there was a podcast with Tom Brew, another IU beat writer from another uh, publication, where Xavier Johnson told him he would be back in February. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I, I haven't seen too much of that, um, but I think um, when it comes to injuries, basically, it, like I, I think Woodson tends to be pretty conservative, and I, I think he's not a type that sort of gets into uh, all of the machinations until it's sort of time to bring somebody back on. Um, so, I mean, I would think that February, I mean, February would seem possible considering what the injury was in the first place, uh, but that's still a long ways off. And I'm, I'm sure Johnson is excited because I, mean, I think he also is looking at it like he has to get back on the floor. Uh, he has to find a way to get back on the floor because he's out of eligibility and there's no bringing it back. I mean, he's played enough games this year um, that he can't get another one. So this is it for him either way. So I, mean, I imagine he's going full tilt just trying to get on the floor at some point. Is he going to be the same player? Uh, you know, that's a different question, but... Um, I hadn't seen too much of that basically at this point, but I think that's really interesting to see sort of where it goes. But I'm sure he's going to push forward and try to make sure it happens. Yeah, definitely. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the uh, Indianapolis Star. Dustin is uh, a Pacers beat writer now for the Stars, but still with us Wednesdays as we talk IU hoops and more. Uh, Dustin, this team has a big one coming up. Every road game is a big one. Illinois, a tough team that's beginning, I think, to play maybe some of their better basketball of the season. Uh, Indiana, though, coming off, uh, I think, an unexpected win and definitely unexpected in how they dominated the game. Um, I'm beginning to to think, which team are we going to get Thursday night? Is it going to be an IU team that can be competitive with probably just about anybody in the conference? Or is it going to be an IU team that, uh, you know, plays extremely well and maybe wins or an IU team that gets blown away after a bad start? This team has had all sorts of looks here so far this season. Yeah, it really has. I mean, certainly you hope that uh, they they have something they can bottle um, from from the win over Wisconsin. I mean, I think, obviously, I think the, the major development was them just coming out and playing really good defense. Obviously, it helped that Wisconsin didn't have Tyler Wall. You know, that goes a long way, and obviously they just sort of missed Wisconsin sort of missed some shots, but at the end, they did a really good job of just blowing up things that they wanted to do. Now, I mean, Wisconsin's a particular uh, tricky assignment, so it's like you can't necessarily you can play really well against Wisconsin and be really happy about what you did, but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to the next team. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's more challenging, sometimes it's less. Um, but it's it's kind of specific is sort of what I'm trying to say. Um, and they, you know, again, absolutely blew them up. Look at the statute here: 18 of 56. I mean, 45 points over, uh, of, you know, 40 minutes of basketball. I mean, that's just that's really really good uh, to, to defend that well. Um, and Illinois is going to be a much different challenge. I mean, you're looking at. Um, you know, Terrence Shannon, you're looking at Matthew Mayer, you're looking at guys that are just really good one-on-one players uh, that are going to find a way to get their buckets. And that's it's a different challenge than sort of dealing with the Wisconsin system. But it's still, I think, important to say that they were um, just really good uh, as far as just the level of intensity um, was certainly a lot better. Um, and so that, I think, goes a long way. That's something that you can bottle a little bit. That's at least the, the and, and that's really the thing I think they've been looking for is just a, a, like a defensive performances that can give them a base. Um, you know, offensively, they've got you know some uh, certainly got some weapons. They've certainly got some weak points. Um, but you know, last year, what they were always competitive, mostly because they could defend. Uh, at, at the very least, they were in a lot of games, give themselves a chance most nights because they could guard you, and they weren't necessarily as good at that. And so, like that was a big step in the right direction. Um, I think on on Sunday. Now, um, as far as you know. There, I, th- I think we're also other developments on offense. I think Jordan Geronimo being back to Jordan Geronimo um, is such a huge deal. I mean, I just don't know what was up with the guy, and this is certainly the guy that we remember. Um, you know, I mean, it seemed like he he regressed and severely so. Um, and this is back to at least being 
you know, if, if he's not going to make the next step and, and become the NBA player that, frankly, I think he has the physical tools to become, uh, you at least want him to be the guy that was just a terror coming off the bench last year and, and at least be that kind of producer where he's going to get his buckets around the rim, he's going to get a bunch of rebounds, he's going to block some shots and just give you a ton of energy. If You need to at least be getting that. And that's finally showed up, I think, uh, against Wisconsin. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star, our guest. What, what about this Illinois team? I know uh, playing pretty decent basketball here recently. Uh, your thoughts on the matchups and, and how maybe the challenge that they'll be for Indiana? Yeah, I mean, this, I mean it's, it's, it's a tough matchup, I think, for anybody. I mean, it's the size that they could put out there, you know, combined with the skill. Um, you've obviously got a, just a, a really huge big guy in, in danger, I think, who's made a, a, a lot of leaps this year. Didn't You know, I feel like he didn't have a ton of minutes. Um, uh, at, at Baylor at all, and you know he comes in and he's six nine two seventy. I mean that's that's a bear. You know that that's a, that's a big big dude, um, and so he's not you know doesn't have the size certainly that um, Kofi Coburn had, but I mean he, he's got the width, and so you're, you're it's it's just difficult to keep a guy like that away from the rim. And then you know next to him you have two really good stretch fours that are on the floor at the same time. I mean who's the three? Who's the four between Matthew Mayer and Coleman Hawkins? It doesn't really matter. Both of them got a lot of length and athleticism. And the ability to shoot the basketball, and so that that stretches the floor, uh, but also gives you a lot of size, and so they can, you know, like obviously gives you some options to rebound and everything like that. I mean, they're, they're almost the same player, six nine, six ten, two twenty five, about the same build. And then Tyron Shannon, obviously, you know, has came over from Texas Tech and has become a player right away. Um, you know, obviously they got some issues at point guard with Sky Clark having moved on, but I think you know, sincere Harris, the freshman, has done a pretty decent job. Uh, so that makes them just a tough cover. I mean, all, all around, that's 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 not an easy. Um, you know, group to defend. So, you're, you know, obviously Melikoff is going to have to really guard one of those guys, you know, whether it's Mayer or it's Hawkins. You know, obviously Geronimo will get the other guy. Um, and so the, those, those are you know, both tough covers. I imagine they're going to have to start Galloway because someone's going to have to get on Shannon. Um, and so that's where she's bring base off the bench. Um, so that's, you know, the, the, there are some tough assignments, uh, basically, on that team trying to cover those guys. And there's, you know, that, that, there's a reason why they won a bunch of games already. Dustin, you know, I think we all heard from Miller Cop yesterday, and uh, he was asked questions about what he can do to get more shots and maybe uh, score more points, especially his long ball opportunities. But he really impressed me uh, here in this part of the season. And I guess it's easy to say the right things, but, I mean, I think we're witnessing it, uh, him on the floor. He doesn't always get a lot of shots at times. He's not scoring a ton of points for this team. He has had a couple big games that have come at very – important times but he seemed to really be all about the team and all about whatever his role could be best to help this team win games and so that was kind of refreshing to hear when he was asked some tough questions about his own individual uh, shooting opportunities he immediately swung it back to the team so I, I guess you would expect a guy with his experience uh, to probably be pretty well spoken and be able to manage through a conversation like that but he definitely uh, seemed to be all about the team yesterday uh, when being asked uh, some questions by the media. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he handled that well, but I think it, it puts it puts the puts the onus back on Mike Woodson. Uh, I mean, I think at, at this point, when you're when you're talking about a kid, what's what's Miller shooting now? Forty seven percent from three. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, that that tells you okay, you know, and and he was one of two the other night. Um, it's got to be designed, uh, you know. I mean, Miller Cobb is not the sort of guy that can run around in a circle and just get open on his own. I mean, he's not the fastest dude out there, you know, just running around screens. But you got to set him something. I mean, like, you know, he, yeah, he's 32 of 71, 45.1 percent from three. So he's getting less than he's making less than two per game. He's taking 
what's 71 divided by 17? Um, uh, let me see here. Like, just not not many. It's not a big number. What are we looking at here? You know, four four threes a game. You gotta be able to get that guy more than four threes a game. You know, when when you're when when he's hitting at that clip, you gotta just find a way to get him some looks. I mean, he's 50 of 99 for the year from the field. Like the, the guy has been too efficient um, to not not get more shots. And so that 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 comes down to play design. And there's something there's there's certainly more that you know you would want him to do. Um, but it's just it, when a guy is making that many shots, when a guy is shooting at that high of a clip, uh, that there just it just has to be an integral part of your offense to find a way to get him to get him buckets. It just just has to be. So he does a good job. I mean, he's he's a veteran. He's a you know he's been around for a long time. He's a super you know super intelligent kid, super mature kid, and obviously we, we see all the kind of stuff he does on social media, the videos and everything, and, and you know. Uh, he's been a fun guy to watch grow even over two years uh, at Indiana. Um, and so, you know, he handles that right. And so they got to handle it right for him. Someone's got to get him the bucket. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star with us. We're talking IU basketball today. Uh, I, I know yesterday I talked with Mike Schumann a little bit about the Big Ten Conference as a whole, where Purdue's at, some of the big wins they've had there in the final moments of all games like that victory over Michigan State and just to try to get a feel for where the conference is at. Is there one surprise in the conference this year uh, that maybe has, has uh, impressed you or a team that you didn't have on your radar uh, that maybe has, has got your attention here as we head for the month of February? No, I mean, obviously, I mean, Purdue is definitely better than I thought they would be. Um, you know, that's that's obviously the clear one that stands out, um, you know, just, just simply because the freshman guard has been that good, that, that Lawyer and Smith has been that good, and Edie has taken the lead from being – um, I mean, he knew he was going to be a really good player, and he was going to get a lot more opportunities with Trey Young Williams gone. But for him to step into being a Player of the Year candidate is, is just really remarkable. And again, a, a lot of it comes from just being a large person. Um, but he's figured out how to use that size uh, to his advantage at a different level. So obviously, Purdue stands out. So I had them about fifth, I and mean, then I did like a um, you know uh, midsummer one after everybody declared or didn't declare. Uh, for the draft, and I think Purdue, I had Purdue fourth, fifth, and then Rutgers. I think is the other big one. I mean, I expect them to take some uh, a back step without you know Theo Baker and, and you know, some of those guys that had been uh, stalwarts for them. And obviously, they still got some really good players. But for them to be thirteen and five in the league, or five and two in the league, thirteen and five overall, with some really big, big wins, uh, they're definitely ahead of where I had them pegged. I mean, Wisconsin's probably a little bit ahead of where I thought, but they're Wisconsin. Uh, you always kind of just presume that they're going to be. Penn State's another one. You know, twelve and six, three and four in the league. Uh, I think Michael Shrewsbury is just doing a tremendous job. Um, you know, that just, uh, you know, uh, really coached those guys up well. I mean, they, you know, had to keep them. You know, I mean, you kind of forget, you know, all the, a lot of those guys were in the portal and he had to drag them back. Uh, and, and he got them to stay and he's got them playing really good basketball. And they're tough, tough out uh, and not an easy team to beat at all. And so, you know, they're they're still, I think, in tournament position. I mean, they've, they've got to win some more games in the league and, and, and kind of flip that record a little bit and be on the positive side of it. Um, but I think they've been impressive. Um, I expected Ohio State to be better as a group. Um, you know, I think some of those transfers haven't been as good. Obviously, Bryce Sensabaugh has been terrific. Is probably the runaway freshman of the year uh, in the league. But I expected those guys to be a lot better. But I would say Purdue, Purdue, Rutgers, Penn State are probably the three that are, are higher up on the list than I expected them to be. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Yeah, some interesting matchups coming for Indiana this conference night in and night out. There have been some terrific games here recently and always a lot of surprises. I'm not so sure when I look at teams and NCAA success coming out of the conference, I, I think Rutgers could be positioning themselves and maybe has been now for a number of seasons 
to have a big March. Do you think that uh, they could be one of the top performers in the postseason out of the Big Ten? Yeah, sure. If they get the right, uh, you know, if they get the right matchup. I mean, they're sixth. Uh, that pulled up Ken Palm, and they're sixth, sixth in adjusted defensive efficiency, and that goes a long way. You know, when you, when you can really guard and really guard anybody, uh, that's a big deal. And they're they're good at both from from both three and from two. So they're protecting the rim and they're not giving up threes. They're thirteenth in both uh, in percentage. There, you know, they're causing turnovers, uh, and like that can go a long way. I mean, I, I don't know that you have. Um, I mean, you could really use a, a star. Uh, offensive player, and I don't know if they really have one. Um, you know, Malt McCauley's all right. Spencer's, you know, obviously, you know, shot the ball really well. He got a big man in Omorori. Um, you know, I don't know that there's an offensive guy that you look at and say, okay, that guy's just going to get you just a ton of buckets. But um, they can, I mean, the, the, they they just make your life so hard. Is <laughs> really the thing. They make your life so difficult, and I mean, it's just miserable playing out there. And so. I think that's I mean, the one issue is that's different when you get to the league, get to the tournament, um, because when, you, when you're really, really physical, then sometimes those turn into fouls. You know, so I think that's been a big part of the debate in the conference is whether or not uh, they're calling enough fouls, basically, that, that if, if they're letting people get away with too much physical play and it's you know making for this grinded-out league and then you get into the tournament and you know all those are fouls and your guys are off the floor. Uh, you know, your big guys are off the floor because they're getting called for fouls in the tournament. They're not going to get called in big play. Um, so that might lead to them not being as successful at the next level, but because they're just, you know, they're, they're going to play you physical and they're going to play you rough, and maybe in some of those cases it's going to be called for fouls. But, you know, I, I just think I just think they're tough. I mean, I, I just think they're really, really tough. And, and just a- anybody who beats them is going to feel it. <laughs> you know, like it, it, you're going to be reminded of them forever, uh, basically, if you beat Rutgers uh, in the tournament. They, they will, that will stick with you because they will, just beat the crap out of you. So uh, I, I think they they can uh, they can get something done. I mean, just just out of that, that they're just going to be a tough, tough, tough group to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Dustin Dopirak with us. Dustin, before we let you go, I, we don't talk a lot of Pacers on the program, but you're following this team on a nightly basis, and you're still somewhat new role for the star. What's the Pacers update? Yeah, we're out in Indy, uh, Oklahoma City. I mean, um, I mean, I'm out there covering them, obviously. But the, um, you know, certainly they're, they're struggling to recover from, uh, you know, from Tyrese Halliburton being out for a little while with an elbow strain and a uh, knee bone contusion. He's out. I think at least, you know, the the initial sort of guess was that he's out at least until January 27th. So it's going to be a two week um, deal before he gets reevaluated, and uh, they're struggling with that. I mean, they've they've lost four in a row now, and, and I think they're obviously just. Uh, they're struggling to find a, a closer. That they, they've gotten some leads in some games, had some stretches where they look, look really good. On Monday, T.J. McConnell went off for 25 in the first half. Uh, ended up with 29 points, though. I mean, didn't wasn't able to get a, you know, recapture that in the second. I mean, it got Miles Turner back after uh, missing him some games with with uh, back spasms. He went off for 30, and they still weren't able to win the game. Uh, Drew Holiday did just a terrific job of, of putting them away in the second half. I think got 21 of his 35. Uh, after halftime, and so I, I think that's something they're struggling with is just kind of getting getting together how they put games away uh, in the second half without Halliburton. Because Halliburton has done a really good job of of, of making um, making strides in that area uh, and, and and becoming a better fourth quarter player. And so you know losing him is they're sort of like taking steps back to where they were, um, and so that 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 puts them in a tough bind. And I think they've got to get some wins here before. They can't afford to lose out before he's gone because right now they're sitting in the eighth position in the playoff race, down to 23 and 21. They got to make sure I think they're still at least above 
level. They can just still be above 500 when Halliburton gets back. They're going to be okay. But I think that's, I think, really important for them to be at that figure or close to it uh, and not drop too many more while they're on this stretch without him. All right, Dustin Dopirak, uh, Pacers beat writer for the Star with us on Wednesdays. We talk IU basketball and more. Dustin, safe travels. Enjoy the Pacers. We appreciate all of your coverage, and we'll do this again next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment with Dustin. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, local sports on deck with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Some big Tuesday night games we'll break down and another big weekend ahead in high school basketball all coming your way. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on our Wednesday program. couple texts from the Thornton's text line. Sorry, texter, I missed these. Is this the deepest the Big Ten has been in a while? I think so. I wish I could have gotten Dustin's opinion. I think it wasn't predicted to be by a lot of people this year, but I think the Big Ten is going to have a nice showing when it's all said and done as far as the uh, number of teams in the NCAA tournament. And I think some of the teams that could make deep runs Uh, from the conference in the NCAA tournament. I did see somebody in a debate last night, I don't know, on Twitter or somewhere, that maybe the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball this season. But we'll wait and see how it plays out. Obviously, the big thing the Big 10 needs to do is have some winners, some Final Four teams, and ultimately a national champion. That's the big thing missing from what I think is a really, really great conference right now. Uh, Also, you ask about possibility for the Pacers at the trade deadline. I have no clue. That's a Dustin uh, question, and we'll ask him that uh, coming up here when he joins us again. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with me now. Josh, I'm feeling a lot better. You and I both agreed last week that Providence had been the team of 2022, uh, that part of the season, and we thought was the best team in the area and a team that had a chance to make some noise again in the postseason. And they followed that up this past weekend with a big convincing win over Jeffersonville. Uh, and I think the Pioneers are getting better, and Casey Kalen is back. And so I look forward to seeing what they can accomplish the rest of the way this season. Yeah, the uh, big victory over Jeff, they they seem to be, uh, I think they've got everybody back now after um, I think Carter Lanham played last night against Crawford. So they, they've got they've got just about everybody back now. So they should be healthy and uh, uh, knock on wood, you know, if they can stay, uh, hopefully they stay that way and we'll see what they can do come down the stretch. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big game, big performance by them. And, uh, you know, they they, uh, they definitely they look good. And uh, they're, uh, you know, they're definitely looking like uh, – they can be one of the top teams in 2A, that's for sure. And then, uh, uh, then you know, that was right after Jack Benner's big uh, big statement uh, slam dunk the night before. But, uh, yeah, really, uh, Providence and then Brownstown, definitely two of the two of the best teams. I put Brownstown and Providence 1-2 in, in 2A, uh, you know, going into postseason if they're 100% healthy. So 
we'll see what happens, but that should be interesting. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. Josh, we've got another big game to look forward to, and that's the best part about this time of the year. The holidays are over, which is a bummer. Um, you're back to work, back to real life, and weather's not always good. So we've got high school basketball rivalry games to look forward to, New Albany Jeff, and then Jeff Floyd, and then Jeff Providence, and Silver Creek New Albany is next on the list. And that Silver Creek New Albany, and really Silver Creek against anybody, has picked up steam locally and kind of increased our rivalry games because of how good the Dragons have been in recent years. And I know it's a different Silver Creek team this year, but I think on paper uh, they're improving, and it could be a good matchup against New Albany at the Doghouse on Friday. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, definitely, you know, they're trying to get healthy as well. But yes, uh, uh, if and if and when they do, they they can be a solid team. And yeah, I think that game should be a should be a good one uh, Friday night. You know. They've had some, um, uh, you know, some some nice games in recent years. You know, I, I think back to that uh, uh, the one game they played at Gainbridge uh, Fieldhouse when uh, I guess Trey Kaufman and uh, Cooperage Kobe were freshmen, and they they played pretty tough with Romeo and those those guys up there at uh, New Albany. That was that was kind of a kind of a statement game for those kids. That was that was kind of their coming out party, actually, a freshman year. So. You know, it's it's been a it's been a good game since um, ever since then. So, you know, I think it'll be it'll be another one on Friday night. But yeah, um, you know, Silver Creek has, has had some had some ups and downs this year. Um, you know, they, apparently they were they were only down two to Brownstown the other night when Jack had Jack Benner had that big dunk. So, you know, they uh, they 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 can they can be solid. That's for sure. So, it should be interesting. You know, New Albany's. Uh, as well as had some had some ups and downs coming off a tough tough loss to at Scottsburg the other night, which is of course always a tough place to play. But uh, you know it uh, it should be a fun game to watch at the doghouse on Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, Josh. I always get asked this, and I have not done a good job keeping up with things, and that's not like me. I normally love to follow our local guys. It's just been a busy busy time for me as well. A lot of questions about Sean East at Missouri, and I know you keep up with that pretty good. Sean's had some really good moments this year, but consistently, what's he doing? What's his role like at Missouri? What's the latest from him? Yeah, he's still um, he's still playing well. You know, he's coming off the bench, and uh, you know, he's been. Uh, I think he's been pretty consistent with the with the minutes that he's been getting. But you know, he had that big game. Uh, what he had that big game off the bench against Kentucky a few weeks ago. And, uh, uh, he's, I would say he's probably averaging between six and eight points a game off the bench. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I think that he has been, you know, Missouri's right there. They, they were 12-2, and two, something like that. Uh, I think they're 13-4 and four maybe now, but they're, they're, they're pretty solid uh, in the SEC. So, but Sean's been a, big, been a big contributor off the bench, you know. But, uh, um, uh, points and assists. So hopefully he can uh, he can continue to, to kind of play that role. I think he's uh, I'm looking at he's like sixth on the team in scoring and about uh, about eight points a game. So that's you know that's that's pretty solid. So he's uh, um, you know he, he can be a factor. That's for sure. That I, uh, mostly I'm I would be excited to watch him play in the NCAA tournament. You know, hopefully Missouri gets there and. 
you know, it'd be great to have another kid playing the NCAA tournament here locally, somebody we can watch and and uh, and pull for. That would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Don't forget all the subjects, a lot of them at least, that we talk about here on the show. You can read about in the print edition of the News and Tribune or online at newsandtribune.com slash sports. While we're talking about Sean, we probably should talk about his old running mate, Romeo Langford. He had a really nice start to 2023, getting some starting assignments for the Spurs, having some nice point totals, really some nice overall stat lines for San Antonio, even though San Antonio is really bad in NBA basketball across the board right now. But I haven't seen anything the last week and a half or so. What, what's Romeo been doing here lately? Yeah, he's he's still starting, so that's uh, that's good. You know, he got the he got the start uh, the other night in that big game against uh, Golden State, where they they packed the old Alamo Dome with like sixty eight thousand people. So that was uh, and that was on, that was an ESPN game too. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but he he's you know he hasn't been shooting the ball particularly well uh, in the last couple games. But you know he's still starting and he's averaging you know right around seven seven points a game, something like that. So. Um, you know, hopefully he'll uh, uh, against against uh, Golden State the other night. I noticed he was three of eight from the free throw line. So I don't know if he was thrown off by that uh, that dome background that everybody always talks about when they're playing a big dome like that. But uh, you know, that's not that's not quite Romeo esque. So hopefully he'll uh, he can get that back going uh, in the right direction. But he is, uh, yeah, he's still starting and. Uh, you know, getting some quality minutes, which is uh, which is just great for him in this in this fourth year. So, um, you know, hopefully he can keep that up and uh, you know continue to see all that action. You know, definitely he's been. Uh, I think uh, they've been uh, playing for his his defense and his uh, you know uh, just his uh, passing and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully he can stay in that starting lineup and help him. You know, like you said, they're obviously not very good, but. You know that's that, that's that's the opportunity that he kind of missed when he was most young guys when they go get taken early in the draft they play for for bad teams and uh, you know that wasn't the case for him he got drafted by the Celtics I know you've mentioned that before and that's you know and that that was the case you know he played behind Jason Tatum and uh, and uh, uh, Jalen Brown so you know that's, that was, that's a tough way to start he didn't get a lot of minutes his first uh, couple years that's for sure and then you know injuries and stuff so. Now he's, he's really just, this is the first time he's really had a consistent chance to play, it seems like. So uh, he's been producing, uh, you know, pretty well for the Spurs. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, as we go today, you're a college basketball nut. You're a local sports guy that's been around the Kentuckiana sports scene forever and ever, it seems, in the media world. Uh, can you ever remember a year where the locals, the big three, and obviously Indiana, I think still up in the air for what could happen this season. But can you ever remember a, a situation where Kentucky has had some of the failures that they've had and Louisville has had just a, a I don't even know what you call it, a mess of a situation over there right now as far as trying to win games and even be competitive in the conference. This is just a very odd year here for Kentucky and the big three college teams. Yeah, it is. It's it's really sad to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I kind of feel bad to see all these teams struggle like that. But uh, yeah, it seems like um, everybody's ready to throw in the towel for, for Kentucky and uh, Indiana uh, last you know last weekend, and then all of a sudden they pick up these big victories against Tennessee and uh, 
and uh, Wisconsin. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's still hope for him left. But uh, yeah, it's definitely it's been a rough time. We'll see if uh, you know the Hoosiers and the, the Wildcats can kind of turn it around. I don't I don't think there's any hope for the Cards, unfortunately. But uh, you know, we'll see if maybe they can turn it around here uh, the next the next couple months. Because uh, yeah, we definitely. We definitely, it's always fun when at least one of those, uh, one of those teams is, is, is doing well and is one of the best teams in the country. And uh, unfortunately, that hasn't been the case for, for quite a few years. So hopefully, uh, one of these teams can, can get back and maybe get to a, maybe get to a Final Four sometime or, you know, um, if, if not one of those three, then we've just got to just gotta go for Purdue then, I guess, because we've got uh, you know, some local connections. <laughs> Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News Interview. Josh, I'll catch you out at a game this weekend. Thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a great one. Well, that'll wrap things up for this Wednesday program. We'll be back on Thursday for a game day edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>